702. Talk at 9. Call Gushwell. On 011-883-0702. Good evening, Doctor. I don't normally have such a, a, a hectic intro, but I just thought I need to throw that out for the open line. Good evening to you and thank you for joining us. Good evening to you and good evening to the uh, listeners. So, Doctor, tomorrow we're entering level three. Um, a lot of people are excited, and I think that uh, to some extent for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I saw a meme doing the rounds that for the first time on a Friday evening, people can't wait for Monday morning. And that is largely because people would be able to consume, or, I mean, purchase and consume alcohol off site. But beyond that, what does level three mean for us now? Um, you know, moving from level four into level three. What does that mean, especially from a health perspective? What are some of the things that we need to be looking out for and that we should be concerned about? Well, the, the measures that are in place in the uh, uh, um, level four and level five uh, health interventions remain in place. So we will continue to wear masks. We will continue to use hand sanitization. The Social distancing will continue to be in place. So the, all of those measures remain in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, gatherings remain prohibited, uh, except in the case, uh, obviously, of funerals and uh, uh, religious ceremonies, but restricted to 50 people. But there will be uh, guidelines about how that would happen. Um, in addition to that, uh, uh, clearly people can go back to work. There are, there are strict guidelines as well about the workplace environment in terms of what the employer must do, particularly the screening of all employees, the, the uh, checking of employees in terms of temperature, the hand sanitization, provision of masks, as well as within the workplace, the social distancing. So those measures are, are going to continue to be in place, even in, in, in level three. Uh, in terms of travel, People will be allowed to move around for, for work uh, reasons within the province particularly. But if individuals choose to move across provinces, that will only be allowed in the context of, uh, of work. So in other words, you should have some uh, 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 documentation that confirms mm. that you are, you are uh, performing some work. So whether you're uh, taking a flight or you're driving, uh, you would need to have some, some evidence that you're, you're actually going for work purposes. So recreational travel is currently prohibited. Yeah, so I think those are probably the, the key interventions mm. at this stage. Obviously, alcohol, as you mentioned, uh, uh, is allowed for particular days of the week. The, the uh, um, uh, exercising has been amended so that you can now exercise uh, f- from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. basically. Mm-hmm. So that allows people to uh, certainly have greater time available to be able to do that. Um, in addition to that, there's uh, 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 restrictions on, on uh, uh, um, uh, conferences and events which continue to happen, and personal services uh, continues to be restricted, such as you know, beauty treatments, etc. Those will still be restricted. The uh, exemptions on public transport have been lifted largely. Uh, and as you heard, the education sector is lifting some of its restrictions, but that will happen in a clear phase. I think the Minister of Education will probably provide more details on that uh, in the next uh, day or so. Um, yeah, I think those are probably the key key differences between the current level four to level three. Which is obviously very important. And I think um, especially, you know, with, with what we're obviously currently going through, 
um, and what some of the biggest issues are. It's, it's, it's important that we understand what this means, especially as we're trying to sort of restart the wheels of the economy. Now, you, Doctor, have given us a, a beautiful breakdown of some of the new regulations that people can start looking at um you, you know some of them we can start looking forward to in terms of making our lives a little more accessible for lack of a better term or uh, not accessible but enjoyable so for example you can exercise a bit more um you know you you can move a, lo- a lot more because of work etc etc but obviously we're entering our flu season at this particular point in time um, I'm sure you noted the the rapid drop in temperature that we experienced, especially um, towards the interior year in Johannesburg in the last week. Um, and, and this is usually the time of the year where we see an escalation of colds and flus and that type of thing. At the moment, we're standing at 32,000, almost 33,000 cases. I'm looking at the news uh, of, of COVID-19 infections. Um, or, or cases rather in total, including recoveries, as well as uh, 683 deaths. Are we anticipating any rapid changes within the numbers in that particular space? And what would the response be by the Department of Health? Well, look, I think we must anticipate that the numbers are are, are going to go up. This is uh, going to happen over uh, the next few months. Mm. This is what one would call a surge. Uh, we've seen those increases in the Western Cape. I think it's only a matter of time before uh, that uh, moves to KwaZulu-Natal as well as Gauteng uh, and the Eastern Cape, although the Eastern Cape has had an increase. And uh, this is largely due to community transmission. Uh, What we need to do is uh, make every effort to contain the spread and reduce the numbers because uh, reducing the numbers allows us to manage the number of patients that would need hospitalization, ICU care, and ventilation. So those are the critical measures that we, we, we're wanting to implement. And we're hoping that uh, the, the approach of implementing what we're calling hotspots will help us to uh, focus our attention largely on those areas in the country where the infection is concentrated. And I think... The uh, president announced that in his, uh, in his speech earlier, and uh, those have been outlined as well as in the regulations. So those are the metros such as Swane, Johannesburg, Ikurleni, Itikweni, the uh, Nelson Mandela Bay, Buffalo City, and Cape Town, mm. but also districts such as the West Coast in the, in the Western Cape, and the Cape Winers in the Western Cape. In the Eastern Cape, it includes uh, uh, Chris Hani District, and then in Kozul and Italy, we land the district. So these districts are classified as what we call hotspots, mm. meaning that they uh, uh, will be re- have additional restrictions to level three uh, in order to contain the spread. Those would be tailored largely to the uh, type of outbreak in the area, what measures need to be put in place in order to control the, the spread within those areas. For example, if you look at Cape Town, which has the largest concentration of infection, yeah. you will see that the, there are effectively six areas within that uh, uh, metro that need to be contained. So there are they're kind of um, uh, areas or clusters that must be managed. If, if those can be managed, then Cape Town actually would, would be you know, having a reduction in the number of cases. And but- the critical thing is, can the colleagues in the provincial department do this together with us in national and all the other resources we're trying to put into that. 
So, Doctor, what I find fascinating about especially the Cape Town situation is, you know, for quite some time, you know, there has been concern raised, especially in and around what is happening in Cape Town and, and the escalation of numbers. Um, and, and, you know, the local provincial government at the very minimum, um, you know, has us understand that what they're doing is, is that they have the highest level or the most efficient level of um, uh, testing happening because they're actually going after particular cases and that's why the numbers were so high and why it escalated to such an extent, etc., etc. Now, what I'd just like to understand, though, is is that what we're seeing in Cape Town still? Is that what the data is showing us? Is that they're specifically going after people who are in all likelihood uh, positive cases and therefore they're finding those positive cases? Or do we see another problem emerging out of Cape Town? Uh, well, well, I mean, that's partly correct in that, uh, look, Cape Town has a very high rate of infection relative to any other part of the country. So when you go out and test people, you would most likely find a person who's positive in Cape Town far more easily than you will in Kauteng or KZN currently. And, and actually, in terms of a per capita basis, I think Kauteng has done more tests than... Um, than the Western Cape. But Gauteng has not found as many positive people simply because there are fewer people that are positive in Gauteng. The, the, the community transmission, as you call it, is largely in the Western Cape. And so that's why when the colleagues in the Western Cape test, they're going to find these positive people. I suppose the key question is why is it that the community spread is so high in the Western Cape? And that's largely suddenly because people in the Western Cape have, have not adhered to the simple guidelines of, of you using masks, hand sanitization, and social distancing. If they maintain those measures, then it's very likely that the, the infection would not have gotten to the stage that it has. So now that it has, they obviously have to contain this. And there is still an opportunity for, for them to, to pull back from from going into a higher level of a surge by actually reducing their uh, uh, behaviors that lead to a, a, a spread of the infection. So it's really up to the community as to whether they're going to respond to this in terms of the, the preventative measures. And, and final question for you, Doc. Obviously, there's all kinds of talk and, um, you know, going on, especially in and around the issue of, of smoking and cigarettes. Um, uh, you know, there's obviously the legal, um, uh, the, the legal challenge that's coming up uh, with regards to that particular issue. Is, is government still sticking to its guns that this is in the best interest of citizens, that we are kept away from cigarettes during this uh, difficult period? Yes, look, uh, the, the, the evidence is that uh, we know empirically that uh, people who smoke uh, obviously damage the, the, the epithelial lining of the lungs, which basically uh, predisposes them to uh, the, the, a greater level of co- complication when they are exposed to viral infections. And historically, all the other viral infections have affected smokers quite adversely. And so we would like to protect smokers against uh, that ineffect. And so smoking during this time may not be a, a, a good idea for, for smokers. We've done the sale, but I know I hear people talking about buying them on the black market, and we would uh, just discourage people from doing that simply because it's not in their best interest to do that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that's a different conversation altogether. And I won't, uh, you know, uh, um, what's the word, fatigue you with that particular issue. Uh, Doctor, the other issue that has obviously come up is the fact that uh, because we have had a uh, alcohol-free or, or dry country for quite some time due to the lockdown, there's been many social benefits that have come with it, health benefits as well. Um, from what I understand, many emergency rooms have been able to um, have more space, uh, be a little more free, less encumbered by drunken drivers, uh, you know, people who get into stabbings and fights as a result of drunkenness and goodness knows whatever else. Uh, that ban has been lifted, as you know, even though you mentioned that uh, people would only be able to buy alcohol on certain days for particular hours. Uh, we know that as South Africans, when people want to drink, they want to drink. Um, and they're going to they they're not going to buy one. I don't think anyone's going to limit themselves to just buying one beer or what or one bottle of wine. Um, some people would you know happily imbibe and imbibe in you know at volume. Um, isn't there a concern that we're going to make a lot of uh, or lose a lot of ground, despite the fact that we've we've gained a lot of ground because of uh, the ban on alcohol during this particular period? Isn't that a concern for government as a whole, but also the Department of Health in particular? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we, we've been asked before about this. You know, our standard response has always been that we don't support smoking or alcohol at any point in time. And that position still remains during COVID. And having said that, though, you know, we're trying to, to, to do something slightly different here during the lockdown and that we need a behavior change. And so the question is, in order to get people to change their behaviors, is it uh, are possible to ban uh, 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 alcohol and cigarettes for a sustained period of time and at the same time get buy-in around the behavior change such as social distancing, use of masks, etc. And we know from the you know, behavioral sciences that it's unlikely that you can sustain people uh, to, to have this level of behavior change over such an extended period of time. And so, you know, in, in that context, it, it, it may be necessary for us to allow uh, the sale of alcohol uh, in order to, 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 to keep people uh, uh, within the behavior change uh, psyche of uh, you know, social distancing and sanitization, etc. Because at this stage, that is the most critical thing in order to prevent the, the spread of COVID. So that's the... You know, the kind of thinking that we've had around this issue. But, uh, uh, I mean, if it was up to us, we really would, have, would appeal to people not to use uh, alcohol during this time because, obviously, when you do consume alcohol, you can lose your your understanding of social distancing and may break some of those uh, uh, preventative measures which would cause a risk. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. All the best to you. And, um, yeah, let's uh, see how... We roll out uh, level three and hopefully people do behave themselves and uh, we don't end up regretting little things like, for example, allowing people to have religious gatherings alternately, uh, you know, alternatively, uh, some of the other issues that we've been discussing uh, this evening. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Okay. All the best. Have a good evening. You too. There was uh, Dr. Anban Play. He, of course, is the acting uh, Director General of Health and uh, we just looked at what's going to happen at level three.